You're torturing me. Okay, so then you're really not going to like this. <laughs> Damn it. Is there a reason... <laughs> is there a reason Geraldine is all decked out in blue and then Wanda is also wearing a blue coat when she opens the door? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what? But see, I put it. I put it in your head. Now you're thinking about it, and now it's there. It's stuck. No. You know what? I rephrase that. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Damn it! Just when I thought I had certain things figured out. Yes, I got her. Fuck you. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams Assemble. Just a note for this episode, I had a bit of a cold and Madam Chris had a quarantine-related space issue, so please forgive us if this week's audio quality is slightly off. Well, what an episode. What a week. Yeah, this. once I finished the episode, my first reaction was, why are they putting this out every week? I need <laughs> the next episode now. And well, I definitely, and I know you did too, I woke up with Daydream Believer in my head. And since then, my brain's been bouncing back and forth between that and the Partridge Family theme song. <laughs> no, I've been constantly thinking about Daydream Believer. In fact, while I was exercising, I actually put it on, hoping that it would get out of my head. But that didn't work. I was just also thankful for the distraction. My God, what a week of just stress and decompression but you know what then about an hour ago i got really scared why'd you get scared okay so yesterday the great hank aaron passed away r.i.p and this morning i saw that larry king died and i immediately had two thoughts wait what yeah larry king died oh yeah okay and i immediately had two thoughts number one i definitely thought he was already dead <laughs> I heard he was sick. I thought he was, honestly, I thought he was already dead, but he died like five years ago. <laughs> and number two, how was he only 87? I thought he was 87 20 years ago. <laughs> and then I got scared because I'm like, oh, fuck. Celebrities die in threes. President Biden, which it feels amazing to say, President Biden, please initiate bubble wrap protocols on both Betty White and Tom Hanks immediately. <laughs> Yeah, Betty White just turned 99, didn't she? Yeah, she got to make it to 100. Come on, universe. Don't, yeah. don't take anything away from us after the wonderful week we all had. Please. We can't lose Betty White no. anytime in the near future. It's, no. It's, it's going to be too much. The world will collectively collapse. Yes. So, yeah, time and reality are just warped for me this week. And so watching this episode, a lot of people for a second thought that Disney Plus was glitching, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I had that feeling even for a brief second that I realized, nah, -uh. uh -huh. these guys are smart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. So it's important that for this episode three, 
We start at the very beginning. With the recap? Yes. Did you notice it too? Did I notice the recap? Well, yeah. No, here's the problem. This recap was a little strange because there were things in this recap that were not actually in the episode. You know, I thought I was losing my mind. No, you're not. Jimmy Woo or whoever you think was coming through that radio did not say, do you read me? That's right. And there was a couple other, one or two other little things that I can't remember at the moment. They happened too fast on my third watch to write down. And I swear to God, I wasn't watching it a fourth time. I can't do it. (laughs) But yeah, and I want to know, like everything else, does this matter or are they just screwing with us? Okay, theory time. (laughs) Here we go. Based on what we've we've been theorizing. So this is a technically a theory within the theory. Yeah, it's this is not going to be inceptiony at all. No. <laughs> They've got us. You see what they're doing to us, people. <laughs> so we know this is Wanda's mind. Uh, we are going I am going with that assumption. Okay. This is Wanda's mind. This is her reality, and she's creating this. So we as human beings tend to fantasize or daydream, pun intended. Sometimes, you know, different things. And we may come up with various scenarios and the, of conversations that may happen in our minds. And we may fill in the blanks at certain points when we're creating a different kind of scenario. I see where you're going. So the recap is basically her filling in her certain scenarios while keeping to the sitcom thing. And also when we have these long running shows, they tend to pick the recap clips based on what is important for the upcoming episode. True. So that you remember what the context is. So it could be that it could pass off both ways as that sitcom trying to pull in things from a long standing show and Wanda basically filling in the blanks for her scenario. Right. Her memories version of events. Yes. I like that. Okay. So now we get these opening titles, which are equally strange. That works again for my theory over here. I know what you're coming up with. Uh-huh. And I'm giving you the solution before that. Well, it must be said at least. So this is yes. uh, in the style of the Partridge family. Hence the theme song stuck in my head. So we see Wanda and Vision out and about, a clearly pregnant Wanda, buying baby stuff publicly. She's buying baby clothes with Agnes. We see Vision reading a book about pregnancy on the street. Mm -hmm. So then why, in the next scene, is Vision asking the doctor to keep this pregnancy just between them? Mm Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Why the disconnect? And also, when the hell did they have time to go gallivanting? This happened last night. (laughs) How could they do that and redecorate their entire house at the same time? Which apparently they also did. They've been fairly busy for the last 12 hours, haven't they? Well, they should be considering, you know, gestation periods have suddenly been, what, 24 hours? Less than? Apparently, yeah. That's a lot to do in 24 hours for a baby. (laughs) On one hand, any woman would want a gestation period of 24 hours and just get it over with rather than nine fucking months. 
on the other hand, there's a whole lot to do. Well, you know what also has to be done? We must first explain to the expectant father how this happened. Yes, well, he's a android and we did discuss the whole anatomical situation. Yes, I do, I do love the doctor's response, though. When a man and a woman love each other very much and everybody's just like, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to point something out here, too. So this doctor, this white male doctor, just being mm-hmm. super condescending to Wanda. But the way this is written and shot, we clearly see that he's the one being mocked. Yes, absolutely. And as a woman who has been condescended to countless times by male doctors, I really appreciated this. But I think this also really shows the influence of all the women behind the scenes on this show. True. And I think that they purposely highlighted it to show the juxtaposition of a 70s based show would be that misogynistic. But we're looking at it and we're shooting it from 2020 eyes. Absolutely. Yep. So Jack Schaefer, the showrunner of WandaVision, is a woman. The writing staff is full of women, costume designers, art directors. Women, by and large, are running this show. And they are giving Wanda such an amazing arc because they show this idiot doctor who who has no idea how powerful this woman actually is. Yeah, and that's the point. He has no idea because how do we even know if he's actually a real doctor? That's an excellent question. Yeah, this could just be Wanda making the story up. I mean, think about it. The woman is very visibly pregnant and he just basically puts a stethoscope on her belly and says, yep, she's definitely pregnant. Uh, Well, a blind man can tell you that. Yes, Matt Murdock would have figured that out Right before they colorized in the last episode, he'd have sniffed that out. (laughs) He would have known the size, the gender, the number of children. Yeah, it's not a honeydew doctor. It's actually a cantaloupe. Get it right. (laughs) Yeah. And what doctors nowadays talk like that? You know? Oh, you'd be surprised. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, my mistake. You'd be surprised. I once had a doctor ask me as part of his questionnaire, dead serious. He was in his 70s. He looked at me and asked if I had ever worn sunblock. Now, for, for those listeners who aren't aware, I was actually originally considered to play Paul Bettany's role of the albino in The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> So that's a fairly ridiculous question for anyone to ask, let alone a doctor. Now, since we've mentioned it, let's discuss all this fruit, shall we? (laughs) Sure. Because there is enough of it to feed a professional football team. I agree. It's definitely the punchline of the show. Now, yesterday I thought to myself, hmm, fruit. I don't even get a chuckle for that. Wait, what? It was definitely the punchline. Punch, fruit, punch. Oh, that took me a minute. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't get that right off. I'm sorry. I'm good, wasted though. on you. <laughs> now you know how it feels. Hey, at least I have the courtesy to fake laugh, even if I don't get the joke. I didn't realize it was a joke. Right, my delivery didn't say anything at <laughs> no, all. No, it didn't. <laughs> so yesterday I thought to myself after the third watch, hmm, 
fruit, bearing fruit. <laughs> she she is bearing children. Did it make you hungry? A little bit. She's bearing bearing children. Something bear fruit means something that has potential, potential energy. And I've realized, oh God, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> My husband was just looking at me like I had three heads. He's like, babe, I can't do this. It's like, I can't take this. He made the mistake of watching Tenet a couple nights ago and it just broke him. He can't take anymore. <laughs> yeah, between Tenet and this, it's it's a bit much. Yeah, so I don't know what the fruit is doing here but we've got it's gonna come back later because i'm either reading way too much into something or i've caught something relevant like everything else in this show i don't know but we're gonna keep coming back to this yeah the fruit definitely it stood out it definitely stood out to me too i don't know what it means i mean is it what you said to bear fruit or was wanda hungry during said hallucination yeah, craving some sugar and trying to be healthy about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And another thing that stands out in this episode is this incredible set design. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so we had the Partridge family for the theme song, but for me, the set design is definitely more Brady Bunch. Okay. And they they really just spared no detail on this within the house. Within the house on this episode. <laughs> Because we've got a lot of things to say. We've got a lot of things to say about outside the house. Yes, yes, we'll get to it. Ah, One thing at a time. (laughs) It's killing me. I feel like I need to calm you down, like bring you down. Like, okay, sit, sit, girl, sit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that would be poetic because twice in the last two weeks, I have been speaking to one of our dogs and my husband thought I was speaking to him. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) give me a taste of my own medicine there. Sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like that's more on him, though. I think that says more about how you speak to him and the dogs. (laughs) I was giving someone a lecture. I don't know what about. (laughs) That explains so much. All right, we are going to talk about outside here for a second. This is our first trip outside the house. We're going to go with Vision out and talk to Herb. Yeah, so the doc, so he walks the doctor out and the doctor says he's heading to Bermuda. Yeah, you caught this. I did not. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could go to Bermuda right now. That would be nice. Yeah. I think well, this show is the closest we're going to get, though. You know, if I have to stay in quarantine anymore any longer, I think I might just be in the same state that Bonda is in just another <laughs> in another land. Westview, here I come. Somebody needs to write a House of A comic right now. <laughs> so yeah, keep Bermuda in your back pocket for the moment. Mm-hmm. So Herb is trimming the hedges, mm-hmm. and he went a bit overboard, didn't he? little bit yeah yeah just a tad yeah and i do want to point out i've learned this as a homeowner in the last few years hedge trimmers can't cut through walls no they can't no and i'm sure no matter how strong said hedge trimmer is it doesn't cause sparks the way cutting through concrete and bricks doesn't cause sparks yeah that we can pass off as a funny communist yeah you know yeah a funny little bit that's fine but the fact that he's trying to break through said wall 
is a tad worrisome. Yeah, we also cannot ignore the fact that Herb appears to be living in the JCPenney portrait studio. <laughs> yeah, the background is fake. Yeah. Very, very apparently fake. Which begs the question, where is Herb living? Because we do see somebody else with the house. We see Dottie and Phil later on in a house. Right. But we don't see Herb with the house. We don't see Agnes with a house. So mm -hmm. where are these people appearing from? Where are they when we're not seeing them? What's happening here? Could they be changing into cardboard? Like set design? That's not what I'm actually thinking, but... What are you thinking? So in sitcom land, we don't see everyone's houses, all the supporting characters. It's a rare occasion where we will see a supporting character's house or, you know, some kind of location. It okay. generally tends to be within like two or three sets where everything happens. True. That's fair. So, so far in the last three episodes, we've only seen Wanda's house and Dottie's house. Accurate. So that makes sense. We haven't seen Agnes or Herb or anyone else's house for that matter, which is fine. So what does that say about Dottie? That she's the only other one we've seen with a house in three episodes. We'll get to that, but I have another question. Okay. Episode one, when Agnes shows up, she says, I'm your neighbor from the right. Well, my right. Correct? So it should be her house. Not Herb's. Exactly. It shouldn't be Herb who's trimming the hedges. Unless he's trimming Agnes's hedges at the same time. That's a different story then. I mean, we haven't met Ralph. I'm debating whether or not to make a sexual joke about trimming hedges. I was hedges. intending it to be a sexual joke. <laughs> Seriously, what is it with you today? Why aren't you getting my jokes? Because you're not delivering it that way. I thought I did. No, you didn't. You said it normally. No. Okay, I shall it... be more salivating if you like. Yeah, be a little sassy about it if you're going to talk about get a woman getting her head tripped. Come on. Me? Sassy? Seriously? Otherwise, it just sounds like you making a theory. You got to do something here. I didn't even get it. <laughs> Okay, so we have theory time and sassy time. <laughs> I mean, Agnes does strike me as the type who would be more than willing. Yeah, I mean, she did check out the mailman. She did. The last episode. She did, and power to her. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're absolutely right about that. I didn't catch it. That should be her house and not Herb's. And later on in the episode, why is she on Wanda and Vision's side of the house? She should be on the other side because that is her house. Uh -huh. Or should be. Yep. Especially if it comes to fruition that the wall there is some kind of magical barrier. Yeah, that's one thing. People, these are theories hinging on theories. Can you see the House of Cards? Can you see it? <laughs> yeah, so is Herb cutting through the wall some kind of metaphor for breaking the fourth wall or is it a metaphor for this is the a break in the space-time continuum is Ooh. this where we get the whole multiverse of madness happening 
The fourth wall. I hadn't gone there. That's an interesting idea, too. Mm hmm. Hmm. I'm just chock full of theories and questions. Yeah, this my my guest room studio here just reeks of spaghetti against the wall. <laughs> and so why not? Let's throw some more up there. So sure. After Vision has his little tete-a-tete here with Herb, we go inside to where Wanda is setting up the nursery. Now, baby mobiles, yeah. they come in all kinds of varieties, but this one has butterflies on it. Right. And butterflies typically symbolize transformation or rebirth. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's pregnant, but I think there's a deeper meaning here. What do you think it is? I think it's either symbolizing Wanda's transformation into the Wanda we see at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Scary Wanda. Or possibly the babies. I'm not sure if it's her or them. Because this, if it's the babies, it could signify that the babies aren't exactly normal that something else may be reborn through them or transformed through them which is what happened in the comics so you're coming back to mephisto possibly that the babies are carrying that the babies are carrying parts of a demon soul whether mephisto or not but a, a demon soul that is going to somehow re- be transformed or reborn through the babies Okay. Or they might just be fucking butterflies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I certainly did enjoy the visuals of them coming to life. And it was really cute that one ended up on Vision's nose. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Butterflies freak me the fuck out. What doesn't freak you out? Rabbits? Butterflies? <laughs> they're all nice things. No, rabbits No, rabbits don't freak me out. They're just nasty little creatures that I don't want to be around. I can't deal with bugs of any kind. Even if it's a butterfly, yeah, I know they're, they're pretty objectively, but no, 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 thank you. <laughs> okay. Still staying on the butterfly train. If your theory is about transformation, we could say, yes, you know, makes sense. They're from fake mobile butterflies they become real and they fly around but wanda opens the window and lets them out Uh uh-huh what do you think that signifies (sighs) well i mean it could just signify the fact that you can't have butterflies flying around your house true but she's a witch she could have transformed them back maybe fake butterflies it could represent her her understanding that sometimes you need to let go of things for them to be happy. Could this be, okay, so could this be the beginnings of her coming to terms with all her losses and her transformation into, from a grief-stricken person to a slightly better adjusted person? I don't think so. Not based on the end of this episode, no. Yeah, no. true. I'm I'm being very optimistic because I like Wanda and I don't want her to be killed by the Avengers. Oh, I think you need to lower those expectations. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see any scenario where this ends happily for Wanda. I shall still try to keep hope in some way. Now, while we're in the nursery here, I have a question about this. And mm-hmm. fortunately, you can't answer it. I'm hoping... 
that uh, we have some listeners out there who had children in the 70s who might be able to tell us this. So in the nursery, we see Wanda setting up the big crib, but we see another one behind her. It's a little smaller, but is that a second crib or is it a rocker? I can't tell. I don't know. It looked like a crib to me. I couldn't tell if it had the rocker on the sides. No, it had it had legs. It didn't have the rocker. A rocker can have legs. If it's just a rocker, then all that means is like, okay, they have, you know, the crib, but sometimes the baby needs to be rocked, so they'll use the rocker for that. But if that's two cribs, that tells us something completely different. I would lean towards it being a rocker because because Wanda didn't know she was having twins. Or did she? Or did she? Yes. Again. That's that's the question. Correct. Yeah. So and even the, the image, like I, I just went in and saw that frame again. It could be a crib. It could be a rocker. But here's my question. Does that crib not look too big for a newborn? It should be a smaller bassinet. But, you know, one, yeah. could argue, one could argue they have the smaller bassinet in their bedroom because babies should be sleeping with mom for in the bedroom for at least a few months makes it easier. So mm-hmm. that, could, that could be the argument there. Yeah, because this crib is too big for a newborn. Mm-hmm. Now, the last thing we'll say about the nursery scene here. Now, I say this as a woman who owns six pairs of shoes. Okay, that's it. Six. And three of those are a pair of one summer flip flops, rain boots and sneakers. Nonetheless, I need those boots. Yes, me too. Those boots are fucking gorgeous. I can't pull off the dress, which I also love, but I want the damn boots. I want the boots. I I don't care so much about the dress, but I do want the boots. Yes, they are amazing. Yes, I will take them in every color, please. I'm good with black. And then and then when my calves start sweating mercilessly, I will need to make a Ross Geller type paste to try and <laughs> remove them. Yeah, those boots are amazing. I generally I generally do love the 70s kind of style to a certain extent. I do I love bootcut jeans. I Not do too. Super flared, but bootcut jeans and the boots, even Geraldine's shoes, what she was wearing, I love them. Yes, and I love the bold colors. No, well, I'm not a fan of the bold colors. I'm I'm about as goth as it gets. Like, give me black everything. I'm good with that. Oh, I didn't say I could wear them. I just like them. <laughs> and like the first two episodes, we're going to say it again. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are absolutely fantastic here. Yeah, they are. They they have managed to get the style, the mannerisms for each decade perfectly. Yes. And they have such incredible chemistry and timing. When Vision is changing that doll's diaper, I was just cracking up. Before we get to that, I have one comment to make about when Vision is reading the pregnancy book and they are discussing the child's name. Vision says he wants to name the child Billy after William Shakespeare, and he says this line, all the world's a stage, men are merely players. Yeah, that one slipped by me. Yeah, is this a a fourth wall break? Like, all the people in their world are players? (sighs) Very possibly. And 
and Westview is the stage. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is, and we're going to see it and again in a few minutes, this is him starting to understand something. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe we're analyzing every individual line in this, ep- in this show. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just ordered um, far too much yarn off of Amazon. <laughs> Serial killer murder board? I'm telling you, when we found out after a very stressful waiting period that we will be moving uh, across the country again in the fall, and let me tell you, at this rate, we are going to have to plug a lot of push pit holes when we go to sell our house. Yeah, yeah. You know what I definitely want, though? After seeing Vision so proud of himself for changing this doll's diaper, being quite serious about it, I really <laughs> want I want a scene in the next couple of episodes where he realizes they don't actually stay still for that. <laughs> well, he is really fast, so it could work, assuming that kids are normal speed human. Yeah, good luck with human that. Speed. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Not only do they not sit still, they really don't enjoy it. No, they don't. <laughs> and it can be very, very messy. Now, you mentioned Vision reading the book here. I think they do a great job with this whole pregnancy in a day timeline and the learning curve that they're going through. Mm-hmm. It's both great exposition and it's great sitcom tropes at the same time. And... As Wanda, you know, experiences different symptoms so compressed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny and it's entertaining and it it seems right for a sitcom, doesn't it? It does. Yet it feels wrong. Yeah. And things really start to go wrong here when everything electrical in the house starts going haywire as Wanda gets her first contraction. Braxton Hicks contractions. Oh, I don't think that was Braxton Hicks. I think Vision was just wrong, like, because she goes fully into labor. You can start having contractions, I think, before the water breaks. Yeah, you can. Yeah. No, I think it was a Braxton Hicks that was because it's such a compressed timeline that she ended up later on feeding the real contractions later on. I think it was true. Well, I think what it was, par- I think part of it was also Vision thinking they had another three days, like his calculations in his mind. So it just made it funnier when later they're like, oh, holy shit, I thought you said Friday, like this is happening now. Yeah, yeah. That panic happens. Whether yeah. it's nine hours or nine, nine days or nine months. Yes, that happens. So here's my question. What's making yes. everything electrical go haywire? Wanda in pain? Or is it the baby's doing it? My guess would be Wanda, because theory time. All right, I've got my popcorn. (laughs) In this episode, okay, before we start with that, the previous episodes, we've had the backgrounds, the, the sets, everything looked real. Nothing felt like a fake set, correct? Yes. In this episode, we see that fake cardboard kind of scenario in the background where where herb is trimming the hedges yeah and you know it's not just herb's house either it's the other side too yes true things look a bit wonky things look like it's a set like a low budget tv sitcom 
And when Wanda starts feeling contractions, the pain is what makes her lose control or flare up her magic. Mm-hmm. So that's what's causing all the problem. I don't know. I'm split between whether it's Wanda or the babies. I think it's Wanda because it's only happening during the contractions. If it was the babies, they could do it any time. They don't need to have a contraction in order to have an effect on the world. You know what would be helpful if I knew anything about pregnancy? I know. I lived with a pregnant lady. No, I mean, just for me personally to understand what the babies like are potentially doing during a contraction. It's not something I ever want to think about. <laughs> why are you making <laughs> me go here, WandaVision? Why, Jack Schaefer? Why? And later on in the episode, we see this whole Herb and Agnes weirdness happening. Mm-hmm. That's, again, also a sign of Wanda's control slipping because she was so distracted with giving birth and, you know, being so besotted with the kids, with, ah. the, with, the, ch- with the children. Hmm, I hadn't thought about that, but that does make sense. Our defenses are down when we're tired or in pain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you got to admit, putting this whole world up takes a lot of energy. Yes. And if she's putting herself through this 24-hour rushed pregnancy, it would take a lot out of you. That's a really good point. And now I'm seeing this from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So the house is going haywire. All the appliances are going nuts. And then we get some alien music from the sky. Things get real bright for a second. And I love these Charlie's Angels looking poses that these two get into. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious the way the both of them are against each other's back. It's, it's a funny scene. Yes. And we see the fallout in the neighborhood because we make a quick stop at Dottie and Phil's house. And Dottie wants to know if these earrings make her look fat. <laughs> yeah. And I love Phil's reaction. Yes. <laughs> Uttered oh, thank by God. By, uttered by so many men so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you, Phil. So back at the Vision residence, Wanda's getting a little worried about the neighbors. Yeah. What I did find interesting was that Vision's first thought was I'll go check and I'll go check on the neighbors. Yeah, you have a pregnant wife who's causing some crazy shit and has crazy shit going on in her body and Go run out and check on the neighbors? Yeah, that was weird, right? That wasn't just me. A little bit, but that's a sitcom thing again. Like, neighbors, you know? Always having mm-hmm. neighbors around and that time in America. I don't know, it's tough to say. But uh, Wanda's concerned about the close calls they've been having with the neighbors. Yeah, correct. And she mentions the hearts and Dottie. Uh huh. And also, just want to note here that taking out the whole block, that requires a tremendous amount of power. Or did she not take it out? She just didn't have the power to give the power. Dude. Oh <laughs> my God. Hold on. I, I've got did to I mop just up, blow your mind. I've got to mop my brain up. <laughs> Off the floor. Give me one second. <laughs> I need Geraldine's bucket. Where is it? 
oh, she's busy chatting away with Wanda. You're not getting it anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is an excellent point. Yeah, that makes that makes all the sense in the world. It does. Okay. It it kind of does. Yeah, it really does. If she's basically the battery for this town, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Now, with Wanda expressing her concerns, this is the point where Vision realizes something is wrong here, Wanda. Yes, he does. And if you noticed, he looks at the camera just before he says that. Did he, he makes really? eye contact. Yes. God damn it. That's the fourth it's, wall. Yes. So that that reinforces that reinforces what you said about that quote, that Shakespeare quote, potentially breaking the fourth wall. <sighs> Probably. And another metaphorical breaking of the wall with Herb. Yes. Very true. They're gaining their, they're becoming sentient beings. I swear to God, world. I'm half expecting Jim Carrey to pop out of this next episode. <laughs> So Vision expresses this concern to Wanda and Glitch. Mm -hmm. And he's back in the previous position and he turns around and says something completely different. Yes. Now, here's my question. Aside from, of course, the who is actually doing this, who's controlling it, all that old chestnut. Why did he glitch this time when the last time... It seemed like Wanda was the one rewinding him. If it was her controlling this, wouldn't she just rewind him again? So does that mean because it was a glitch that somebody else controlled this in a different way? See, that's where I think you're using the wrong term. It's not a glitch. It is a rewind. But it wasn't done in the same way. Because technology has changed. Did VCRs exist in the 60s? No. No. That time it was film that would go back. In the theaters, oh. you'd have film that would go back. It could be, you know, uh, reception from satellite receptions. I don't know what they had in the 70s, to be honest, other than TV. I don't know if they had anything. Did they have those TVs with the antennas popping out? Yes. Rabbit ears. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, well, that would just cause static, though. That would cause, that would make snow. That's if it wasn't tuned properly. No, you wouldn't get a glitch like this. Mm -hmm. There'd be lines going across the screen or something. Not like this. This is a very modern thing. No, this glitch had lines in it. Just for a sp split second, there were lines. Oh, I didn't see lines. Where did you see lines? Yes, I did see lines. God it's, damn it. It's super fast. I'm going to have to watch it again, aren't I? It's not, it's not those uh, colorful lines, black lines. I didn't see them. Yeah, it looks like a bad cut. Hmm. During, in traditional editing ways, it looks like a bad cut that has been put together. Like a rough cut. <sighs> so this is not a glitch. It's a rewind. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that... In Another this way of thinking about it could be you know, you have separate, you have different takes. So he did one take where he started questioning too many things. She made him do a second take. 
Okay. That's, yeah, true. You know, she's a director. She's a producer. She's doing everything. This is true. She made him do it. And I got to say, though, despite what's going on, I do love the second take. They are so sweet together. I love the way they go back and forth between Billy and Tommy. Yeah, that's that is sweet. It's so cute. And so predictable that they're both arguing about two names and they have twins and they both choose each other's names. Yeah. And not only do they nail the 70s and the sitcom aspect of this, but they they are both awesome in these respective roles as the nervous dad and the expected mom. Yeah, true. And I give Elizabeth Olsen a little more credit here because Paul Bettany has actually been the nervous dad in his life. But right. Elizabeth Olsen has never had a child, but she nonetheless does a great job playing pregnant here. She does. And I have to give credit to uh, the crew and makeup and prosthetics. They didn't give her that ridiculously large belly. She's adorable. Yeah. It didn't look out of place. It didn't. I feel like this is what Elizabeth Olsen would look like if she was pregnant. Yeah. Minus the, minus the sexy boots. I think at that point she'd be retaining a little too much water down in the feet and the calves for those boots to fit yeah. comfortably. Yeah. If she puts them on, they're not coming off. No. No, not without that Ross Keller paste again. <laughs> maybe Phil has some. I mean, maybe that's where maybe that's where Ross got it from his uh his uncle Phil, because that resemblance is undeniable. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> and as they're having this touching moment, Wanda again starts having contractions. This time they're real. And poor vision, he's so nervous he starts floating. Yeah. <laughs> That's this is the literal this is the literal definition of talking someone down. Yeah. <laughs> she has to breathe him down. It's like sympathy pains, which dad's experience. This was another level of that. Yes. And and as soon as vision comes back down, oh, we're gonna be fine. A whoopsie daisy. It's raining. Yeah. Now here's a question. So if the rain is a physical manifestation of water breaking, mm -hmm. what does that mean for the electrical stuff? Because does that actually undermine your theory about her not having the power to keep the lights and electricity on? Does that mean the electrical stuff is also a physical manifestation of her power like the rain? Yes, yes, I think it is a physical manifestation. And haven't we all experienced a sudden sharp pain or a, or a lingering pain? And then when it goes away, we feel drained and relieved, of course, for the pain is gone. But we also have that drained sensation. The electricity going haywire while she's in pain makes sense because it's a physical manifestation of her the pain that she's experiencing and after that it's just that oh, and she doesn't have the energy to keep everyone else powered on similarly when her water breaks it's a funny thing with a sitcom thing uh, absolutely i agree when it starts raining it's a physical manifestation but nobody else has had that problem except geraldine we don't see Herb getting wet or Agnes getting wet. It's just the house. 
Mm-hmm. So it doesn't undermine my theory. It adds to it in a way. I don't know. I feel fairly lost in the woods right now. <laughs> because I'm not making sense or because... Because this show is designed to make us all feel like we are in a multiverse of madness. That's true. That means they're doing a good job. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. So in, in case all of this isn't a, enough of a mindfuck for everyone, now we get to another commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I'm carried out right now, so this is on you. Okay. So I'm going to say something here that makes sense, and I better not get any <laughs> lip for it. Do you understand me? Are you telling me or our listeners? I'm telling you. Okay, then. I don't want to hear from the peanut gallery because it's relevant and it makes sense, and you were the one who started it yesterday. Hey, how about not attacking before you present? <laughs> You'll see. It's like you're ready. You're because already defensive. Because I know you. <laughs> okay. All right. So this commercial, which I have to say inspired me yesterday because I did take an hour-long Epsom salt bath. <laughs> Though it was with Dr. Teal's soothing lavender, not hydrosoak. Dr. Teal's, if you're interested, you can please sponsor us. Yes, and send me gallons of your products. <laughs> So, we will be paid in product, that's not fine. money. That is fine with me. <laughs> so we see a frazzled mom here, and this is the same woman from the previous commercials. Correct. And it's frazzled mom getting a break, taking a nice long bath, and she's being fanned by the same dude we saw in the other commercials. Correct. I'm 99% sure it's the same dude. Yes. And she's in a bubble bath? With hydrosoak, which mm-hmm. is telling us all to find the goddess within. All right, so let's let's start with this wording here. Okay, the goddess within. That is very pointed writing. What it means, I'm not sure, but we all know how powerful Wanda is, and I can't help but wonder if somebody is trying to get her to harness this energy inside of her uh, under the guise of, oh, Wanda, you are so powerful. You're such a goddess. Like that sort of manipulation. I don't know. Trying to encourage it in some way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So three things, Ashley. Number two, who the hell are these commercials for? Are they for us? Are they for Westview? Who is seeing them? What are they for? Mm -hmm. And And number three, and this is where you're going to button it. (laughs) You were the one yesterday, you were the one yesterday who said, hey, this hydrosoak bath bomb looks a lot like the Tesseract. Right. So where did we last see the Tesseract? Who had it? (laughs) I'm going to make you say it. There we go. You say it and swallow it. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not speaking. Loki had the goddamn Tesseract the last time we saw him. That's the last we know of the Tesseract, was him taking it. And we know that WandaVision is going to lead into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we know that Loki will also be part of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And we've seen in the trailers lots of stuff for the Loki series, but what we haven't seen is, where the hell is the Tesseract now? So I will ask, 
Where the hell is the Tesseract now? Is it in the is it in the tub? Is it in the tub? <laughs> does Hydra have the Tesseract? And if they do, what the hell does that mean for both shows potentially? I'm done now. Okay. Good. You may you may speak. Thank you. Here's another question. Isn't Hydra done? Wasn't Hydra eliminated with the snap and the end game and the everything and <gasps> I don't know. Why Why are we still talking about Hydra? I don't know. But all I know is somebody else pointed out on Twitter before I had a good cry about it that this is not the first time within the Marvel Universe that somebody's talked about Hydra and Soap. Yes. Recall. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. For those unfamiliar with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was a plot line in season four where there was a whole other framework reality where Hydra was in charge of the world. And Phil Coulson was playing a conspiracy theorist history teacher who claimed that Hydra was brainwashing people through chemicals in their soap. Mm -hmm. And he specifically says... I would have figured everything out if it weren't for their blue soap. <sighs> Side note, if you haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., please do. It's a fantastic show, minus the last few episodes, but still a good ride. Season four is absolutely brilliant. And listen to our podcast about the show. That is true. And this particular thing that we're discussing is from season four, like, like you just mentioned. Yeah, so does this mean that Hydra has a hand in the brainwashing of these people? If they are brainwashed, if they are mind controlled, all of it. I don't know. And why is Hydra involved in these advertisements twice and we have Stark Industries? Yes. In the first one. What does it mean? <sighs> I would really appreciate it if one day you could give me some kind of theories you'd start add on to my questions <laughs> wait no i have one coming up i have a couple coming up i swear okay well they may be more questions and less theories you know me i always get started i can't really finish things <laughs> i'm not touching that <laughs> <laughs> every time you come up with something and then you say and then this and then that no joke, I always expect you to come up with some kind of theory that would blow my mind <laughs> and you only end up giving me more questions. And I'm so desperately trying over here to come up with some kind of sense. You're torturing me. Okay, so then you're really not going to like this. <laughs> Damn it. Is there a reason... <laughs> Is there a reason Geraldine is all decked out in blue and then Wanda is also wearing a blue coat when she opens the door? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> no. No. What? But see, I put, it, I put it in your head. Now you're thinking about it and now it's there. It's stuck. No. You know what? I rephrase that. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Damn it. Just when I thought I had certain things figured out. Yes, I got her. 
Fuck you. <laughs> I'm done. I I quit. I'm done. Nope. This is the show that breaks me. <laughs> now speak- I like things to make sense. Then, then you're in the wrong universe, my friend. <laughs> so speaking of what they're wearing, my God, Tiana Paris looks gorgeous in this episode. She does. I love what she's wearing. Yeah, I would wear that. I'm not thinking about the colors. No, I like what she's wearing. I was about to say I would wear that today. I only mean that in the sense of that could totally be an outfit in 2021. Me personally, I would look like an Oompa Loompa in that outfit. So that's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) Uh, I would do something with the pants. But besides that, I do love overall. The, the entire outfit not a fan of the fish yeah and she does a great job here too with the classic sitcom trope of people not noticing obvious things yeah Wanda's covering up with a coat yeah when it's trying to get her a bucket mm-hmm. now speaking of buckets uh-huh Geraldine comes in asking for a bucket because all her pipes broke uh-huh Couple of questions here. Now, tit for tat. Now, yeah. answer my questions. Uh-huh. Why is she asking for a single bucket? She's not asking for buckets. She's asking for a bucket. Yeah, and she's pretty calm about the whole thing. I mean, I got to tell you, we had a problem with our toilet a few weeks ago where it kept running and we had to like really hold it down. Life stopped until we got that fixed. You know, that was our number one priority to make sure the toilet can flush. So you can imagine how I would have felt if all of my pipes burst at once. Correct. Two, why is she not wet? Yeah. Yeah, she's either lying or has the world's most amazing homeowner's insurance. Yeah. And three, how the fuck is she so calm about it? Yeah, but here's my question. She's obviously lying. This has not happened. But does she know she's lying? We don't know. Yeah. Counter question. What we discussed earlier about it's raining in the house. Mm -hmm. And nobody else seems to be affected by this sudden cloudburst. How did she know what happened? How did who know what happened? How did Geraldine know? What happened in Wanda and Vision's house? What does she say? All my pipes burst at one time. That is an explanation for, you know, the sudden rain in when we see Wanda and Vision's house, that it starts raining when her water breaks. Nobody else was affected by this, unlike the electricity, which everyone was affected by. But Geraldine came in saying that all her pipes burst, basically giving an kind of rational explanation to it raining in the house no everything was dry by then remember wanda sucked in the wind and dried everything in her own house right how did geraldine know that this happened if she doesn't have her own house and nobody else was affected right she can't have a flood if she doesn't have a house either correct so The questions that I was leading up to, she's asking for the bucket and being so chill about it and being dry herself. 
it all leads to the fact that she doesn't have a house. So she is lying. Does she know she's lying? We don't know. But how did she know this happened if she doesn't have a house? Yeah. Yeah. And then so much more happens as these two are chatting away here. Mm hmm. She's not noticing the pregnancy yet, but a certain stork is really trying to throw a wrench in things. Correct. I do love that whole trope of trying to hide your pregnancy with a coat and picking up big objects to hide a belly. Yes. That's such a classic trope that people still do now. Sure. Yeah, they did a really good job. I don't know if you ever watched The Nanny back in the 90s, but they did a great job of making fun of that. When Cece got pregnant late in the show, mm -hmm. she was literally making fun of Elaine on Seinfeld about hiding her pregnancies with bowls of fruit as she would have this giant briefcase in front of her enormous belly because she was like six feet tall and already a big woman. So she was like mm -hmm. wide as a house walking around. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shows have done this. Now, you have a theory about all these animals we're seeing, especially since Wanda's power doesn't work on this stork. Yeah, the stork thing got me a bit stumped and the symbolism of the stork. Well, this also isn't the first animal we've seen on this show. In episode one, we had a lobster. In episode two, we had Senior Scratchy the rabbit. Mm -hmm. And now we get the stork. Correct. And in this episode, we also have the butterflies, if you count right. that. Right. We do see a painting of a stork. In the nursery. In the nursery earlier on in the episode. So are you thinking that Wanda made it come to life? Made it come to fruition because the stork represents the baby's coming? Possibly. Now, it just kind of popped into my head right now. She was having contractions earlier on and her coats kept changing. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing else that she could f fuck with. Electricity is gone. Pipes are burst and mm -hmm. God knows what else is already broken. And we do see that stork go right back into position on the wall as if he's a painting later. Yes. So is it a manifestation by wonder or is this something more sinister like Mephisto is showing up? in these episodes as animals mm -hmm. because a lot of people were saying hey the devil has sometimes been known as mr scratch and <laughs> mm. senior scratchy mm -hmm. you would love that to be true wouldn't you evil bunny hey i read Benicula as a kid why not <laughs> all right i got another color question for you <sighs> okay all right you sitting down Yes, for this show, I have to. All right. So Wanda hides her belly with the fruit bowl. And Geraldine's like, mm -hmm. oh, Wanda, fruit. So there's three different types of fruit in that bowl. We have oranges, we have green apples, and we have red apples. Mm -hmm. And from what we've seen in the first two episodes, in the black and white episodes, red seemed to signify reality. The button on the toaster... The blood on Dottie's hand, the helicopter, seemed like reality was seeping in with the color red. Right. Of those three pieces of fruit, Geraldine chooses the red apple. 
And Wanda's magic is red when she's trying to get rid of the stalk. Mm -hmm. So is that their way of telling us that Geraldine represents reality seeping in? That she has been sent? Makes sense because we know she's a real person. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm breaking. I don't know. Well, we've got plenty more to say about Geraldine, but first Vision needs to go get the doctor. <sighs> yes. Now here, I have questions. You do. You do. You have been, this was a really good catch and you are very excited about this car. Yes, I am. So, okay, you know, Wanda had a flare up, EMP, all electricity has gone down. It explains that the doctor's car isn't working. Although does it? Because at that time, cars didn't need the electricity to get started. It was more engine based. Oh, you're asking the wrong person. I have no idea. I start my car. I can put gas in it. That is the extent of my automotive knowledge. Okay. I'm not too good at this either so listeners if any of you know about vintage cars from the 70s please let us know if yeah. we're talking shit yeah please do secondly why does he need the car to go to bermuda mm -hmm. if his car isn't working he could simply call a cab and go to the airport unless there was a tunnel to bermuda in the 70s we don't know about yeah i mean that would explain the bermuda triangle for sure that was the thing that popped into my head, actually, when he said, we're heading to Bermuda, of all places. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of that. God damn it. You just <laughs> added another 15 minutes to this show. <laughs> we know this episode is longer than the episode itself. We're sorry, but it's just, just too much. I'm not sorry. I got a rant somewhere. <laughs> and thirdly finally why do they look like they've packed to just drive up to the beach they do the guy has the lotion on his nose already mm -hmm. they've got like coolers and thermoses he, ready to go they're wearing beach clothes correct and they have umbrellas and other stuff poking out of the trunk that's not the way you pack to check into an airport yeah Here's the question, though. So this goes back again to who is controlling this, who is making sure he stays here and why. And it, it has to be an overarching thing that nobody can leave. It can't be just about this guy. It can't be that he has to help Wanda. And that's why he has to say because he doesn't actually do anything. Oh, congratulations. Correct. You can count the baby's fingers and toes. <laughs> Thank you for that information. That is the extent of <laughs> what he does. Yeah, he's not necessary to the plot in terms of delivering the babies no and he's also not questioning the fact that this woman just had an overnight pregnancy correct like in the morning she was four months pregnant and later on in the afternoon we presume she's already delivering and let's not forget the babies are pretty big already yeah they're not newborn but no, that's those, a sitcom thing, so yeah, we'd that's excuse a, that. Yeah, that baby's about three months old. Cute kid, though. Yeah, cute kids. So the house is going crazy as Wanda goes into labor. Geraldine also not questioning her friend's quick pregnancy. And 
nor does the doctor question the fact that he just flew there. Yeah. Before that, while Wanda is desperately trying to hide her pregnancy and the whole stalk shenanigans is going on, at one point, the stalk makes a noise, correct? Right. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We forgot about this. Yep. And immediately, Geraldine is startled. Yeah. And her voice changes. Her mannerisms change. Yeah. She's not Geraldine. Everything changes. She's not no. Geraldine in that moment. She's Monica. No. Exactly. But does she know she's Monica? Does she have any idea who she is in that moment or why she's there? I don't know. <laughs> I'm very frightened for her. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> but don't she... trouble me like this with all your questions. She does very quickly compose herself and all is fine for the moment. Yeah, it makes me f- think that she's playing a part. She's aware, but she's playing a part. But it does seem like she's genuinely confused. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Vision gets back with the doctor and it's time to get Wanda down on the floor. Awesome job here by Elizabeth Olsen again. Oh, she must have really had a sore throat the next day, the way she was screaming. Yes. Yes. And uh, she delivers a a perfectly healthy, already wrapped up three-month-old baby. Yeah. Yeah. Very clean delivery, I must say. Yes. Well, seeing as how it was a very clean, we one might say immaculate pregnancy, (laughs) this makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And very conveniently, she delivers the baby behind the couch. Yeah, and Vision misses the first one, but Mm -hmm. what a sweet moment when she says, don't you want to meet your son as yourself? That got me. That was just lovely. Yeah, it was. But then that moment is immediately ruined by simultaneous screaming. This was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you know, mentally I'm kind of screaming like Wanda right now. (laughs) The timing these two have together. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, and so she starts screaming, he screams, and he says, What? <laughs> yeah, what? What the hell now? <laughs> yeah. So Tommy came first, and out comes Billy. And, you know, this has to be said everybody who thought that they were going to be bringing in the mutants on this, that or that Wanda was going to be starting the Young Avengers. I'm sorry, you're wrong. They just had Billy and Tommy people. Obviously, they are starting the Power Rangers. Come on. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Disney could take over the rights. You never know. That's that's, possible. That's not a franchise anybody should watch. So the four of them are there just in the aftermath of the, the birth. Just the babies are fine. No one's noticing how weird this all is. And then we, we go outside for a minute for Vision to say goodbye to the doc. The external structure of the house looks the same from the previous episodes. Of course, it's in color and it's painted differently. Mm-hmm. And we have a slightly different looking sign. But overall structure is the same oh my god i just realized something what dotty's house in episode mm-hmm. two we saw that dotty's house number was 2802 wanda envisions house is number 2800 dotty should be their neighbor are you dead 
Have I killed you? No, I'm thinking. <laughs> Wanda envisions house number is 2800. In episode mm-hmm. two, we saw that Dottie's house number, and listeners, Amy did just check this. Mm-hmm. Dottie's house number is 2802. And we see right. Wanda walk from her house to the left to get to Dottie's house. So that means it shouldn't be her living next door to them on the left. It should be Dottie. Correct. So where the hell is Dottie and Phil? And what Agnes said that I'm your neighbor to the right, my right is wrong. Yeah. What the fuck? She isn't on the right. No. Uh, But when she came to pick Wanda up to take her to Dottie's house, she came from the left. And she walked back to the left. Jesus, we sound like a documentary about the Kennedy assassination. (laughs) Back to the left. I think back to the left. (laughs) You know, give it some time. We might become full blown conspiracy theorists at the end of this. You're my neighbor to the right. What does that mean? Tell me, what does that mean? <laughs> Has Wanda sent you here? Ah! So, okay. Back to where we started this, that we see the number 2800 on the house. So, mm-hmm. yes. Vision, Vision is saying goodbye to the doctor, who says back to him that, you know what, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make my trip because small towns, so hard to escape. Yeah. Yeah, and did he not seem aware at that moment? No. No. Yes, he did. No, here's the thing, though. Like, he did, but he didn't, because if he was actually trying to escape, he's not trying very hard. No, that's the thing. He knows he's trapped. He knows he can't leave. He's aware that he's trapped. So then what was the He's not living in a sitcom. That's the point, because Wanda is so tired from the childbirth, she's losing control. So these guys are getting more aware. Okay. All right. I can go with that, because then that explains the fake backdrop scenery there that she doesn't have the juice to create the rest of Westview. Correct. That's exactly what I said in the, earlier on in the episode. But then why are Dottie and Phil in the house? And why isn't that house next to Wanda and Vision? I don't know. (laughs) Why you trouble me like so? Man, you know, listeners, I had to just run downstairs for a moment to get a jar of peanut butter because this episode is running longer than anyone anticipated. I really should have brought up the tinfoil, too, because we're headed that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. I'm 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 getting quite fried right now. <laughs> All right, so now we haven't even gotten to the craziest parts of the episode yet. That's what's ridiculous. <sighs> mm-hmm. So Vision sends the doctor on his way, and he sees Herb and Agnes over at we'll call it Herb's wall, broken wall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Agnes says something interesting. They're talking about the power outage, and she says. Ralph looks better in the dark, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, 
I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. No. Oh, uh, uh-uh. no. Because on my couch, I'm like, mm, it's because he's the prince of darkness, so he likes the dark because he's the <laughs> devil because he's Mrs. Now. <laughs> is he, or is he too busy changing himself into all these various animals? That's why we never see him as a human. Or is he just ugly? Or is he just Maris? Yeah, just an ugly Maris type sitcom husband. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. More questions. You need to start giving me some answers. (laughs) I can't give you what I don't have. You're really pissing me off now. (laughs) So while those three are outside, we head back into the house where Wanda and Geraldine are cooing over the babies. Mm-hmm. And Wanda has a, I don't know what to call it, a memory or a realization, an epiphany? I'm going to go with a moment, a moment of acknowledging reality. Of clarity. Kind of. And she says to Geraldine, and it's too, the, the way Olsen delivers these next few moments is just perfect. Yeah, yeah. And she says, I'm a twin. I had a brother. His name was Pietro. And the internet broke. (laughs) Yeah, and she has this one tear rolling down her eye. And the way she says it with so much emotion. Yeah, and... um, I felt that. I I felt that. that. That really hit me. Yeah. Yeah. And we should also point out, baby, we see that kid has a V on his head for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is that makeup or is that just the kid with an unfortunate birthmark? They could have covered it, covered it up. Is the V symbolic for vision or his mind stone? Maybe. You know, it's a similar positioning. Maybe. Maybe. Also, did you notice that Wanda's accent and her tone changed when she was talking about her brother? Yeah, and she's singing this song. Mm-hmm. In Sokovian? Yeah, presumably so. Yeah. I want to know more about this song. Yeah, me too. Is it a real song? I don't know. Do I know you don't know. Um, <laughs> is it a real song? Is it made up? Is it Sokovian? Is there a language named Sokovian? Good question. Can somebody please help us? Yeah, Kevin Feige, if you're listening, sir. Or, you know, just generally people who are familiar with that side of the world. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Sokovia is not a real place. I know, but it's close to Ukraine, Russia, right? According to Marvel. Yeah, but why? why Is is it a real Ukrainian or a Russian song? Oh, I thought you meant the Sokovian language. I'm like, it's fake. What are you talking about? Okay. No. (laughs) I was very confused. Is the song real? I'm not that delusional yet, okay? (laughs) I know I'm losing it, but not quite yet. Well... As Wanda's singing, Geraldine gets a look on her face where 
it's another moment of Geraldine says bye-bye and Monica takes her place. Yeah, there's this brief confusion. And then she talks about how Pietro died. Yeah, that's a big mistake. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Now She just wrote her ticket out of there. Here's my question, though. Yes? Is Monica slash Geraldine asking this question to see if Wanda remembers? Or is she asking this question because she's not sure herself and she's looking for confirmation? She looks incredibly confused. Yeah, she does look confused. It seems like she's got this fragment of of information in her mind and she was just confirming. Yeah. Is this right? Like, does she see or does she see a crack in Wanda's psyche and she's trying to widen it and get her to acknowledge reality? Like, like that was maybe a mission she was on and she's has a fragment of that mission. Mm hmm. Or was it a crack in the whole control that we've been discussing this entire episode? And is that why Geraldine was even there? Because she wanted to try and take advantage of Wanda being like powered down because of the pregnancy. And maybe something would slip because she was tired and exhausted. Hmm. Ha ha. Interesting. Is that how Geraldine was able to make the decision to go there? Mm hmm. In the first place, that she was aware that something is not quite right. Her brain was fighting with itself against Monica versus Geraldine. So she took those brief moments of awareness and made the decision to go and meet Wanda. It's like an Alzheimer's patient having a moment of lucidity. Mm -hmm. And after Geraldine asks this question, Wanda turns on a dime. Yeah, it's like a flip off a switch. Yeah. And Elizabeth Olsen does a great job. She is genuinely frightening here. Yeah, she is. She does a brilliant job. I was scared. I was worried for Geraldine's safety. Yes. Yes. And while these two are gearing up for a confrontation outside, Herb and Agnes are expressing some uh, suspicions to Vision. Yeah. They're talking about how Geraldine showed up from nowhere. She has no family, no friends, no home. Wasn't it weird that she said no home instead of no house? There's a difference between a house and a home. It was the way she, she really, Catherine Hahn really hits on that in an emotional way. No home. Yeah. You know, I am not going to think about that. (laughs) And, you know, I think the other crack we see too with Geraldine and, and the delivery of a line like that is her saying to Wanda, you're such a strong lady. See, she said that you are thinking about words. I'm thinking about tone. Both. She said that as Geraldine. But I'm I'm wondering if if Monica's fighting to come through and that's partly where that's coming from. The wording of it, you know, possibly. Yes. 
But when she's speaking about uh, Pietro, again, her tone has changed. It's Monica who's speaking. Her tone has become deeper, like she was speaking normally, not as a sitcom over-the-top character. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of tonal difference going on over there with Geraldine slash Monica. And even... Agnes, to a certain extent, when she says, when she's talking about no home and generally speaking to Vision about Geraldine and her suspicions, same thing goes with Herb. They're suddenly more normal. They're not over the top characters in a sitcom. Yeah. So we're intercutting back and forth here and the tension is great. Correct. Because then we hop back inside where... Wanda says to Geraldine, I think you should leave. It's not a suggestion. No, it's absolutely not. The tone implies so. No, I have to say, there were some people who had me cracking up on Twitter because they had tweeted out a gif of Uncle Phil throwing DJ Jazzy Jeff out the door on Fresh Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, folks. Well done. Yeah. Geraldine was yeeted out of that reality. (laughs) And loyal listeners, in case you're wondering, yes, yes, Amy did have to explain to me what that word means. (laughs) To be fair, I did ask my niece for an explanation a couple of months ago. I'm just passing on the information. (laughs) So then we jump back outside where... Herb tells Vision where Agnes is getting very upset with Herb because he seems to be about to spill some beans. Correct. She came here because we're all... (gasps) What, Herb? (laughs) What? Speak, David, speak. But no, he doesn't. no, No. And they go back to their sitcom forms. Yes. So... Now, I have one more question. Yep. Did you notice that in the first two episodes, Agnes was wearing a brooch? Uh Uh-huh. In this episode, she had the same brooch as a pendant. Mm Mm-hmm. Changing with the times. What does that mean? Correct. Why the same brooch? The same design. I don't know, but now I'm thinking about the Truman Show again. Because they slip back to their sitcom forms just when Herb was about to tell Vision what's going on. And we saw at the end of episode one, somebody was watching this on the TV. Is that Mm -hmm. how these people are being monitored? Are they being constantly surveilled by somebody who knows when to make them stop? Who knows when to hit a button, to rewind something, to, to force them back into their sitcom world, keeping an eye on them? Who's in charge here? Or are they simply watching because they can't do anything they're just monitoring because they can't change anything could be but then is if wanda is controlling all of this does that mean she's completely omniscient because how would she know what they're talking about outside if she's inside with geraldine if she is saying that she's the one controlling it and she's the one stopping them how would she know what's going on got you again didn't i yeah i'm thinking (laughs) I'm trying to make some sense. Wait, I got a better one. Oh, Lord. Okay. 
catch you on the flip side, Vision. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, that stood out to me too. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we're since we're on the subject of jewelry, Geraldine's necklace here that Wanda notices and is quite demanding about what that necklace is. Right. I feel like Wanda recognizes that symbol. Maybe. Yes, she does because mm-hmm. we have seen her see it twice at least. Uh huh. Now here's the other thing. Is this just a necklace? I don't think it is. I think Okay. I think that necklace is either some sort of tracking device or some kind of protective device imbued with some kind of power, whether that be modern technology or some kind of like magical talisman because otherwise why wear it? Why have it on? True. But why was she not wearing it in the second episode? And if it was supposed to be some kind of protective device, it wasn't doing a fantastic job because Geraldine slash Monica have been confused, have gotten lost within this reality. She's alive, if isn't it is she? A reality. But she's alive. She's alive, yeah. So it's just a matter of so it's just a matter of degrees of protection, isn't it? Possible. Or is it a symbol for herself to remember who she is? Like a, an anchor point? Like an inception? Possib- yeah, correct. Because yeah, we, we really need to introduce that movie to the situation. Hey, I did mention that as a theory within a theory in the first step, for, in the first few minutes. Yeah, this is more concrete, though, with the talismans. Yeah, true. Yeah, so outside, Agnes takes off. And- with a joke. And a bike. Right. And in my head at that moment, all I heard was just picture in the Wicked Witch of the West. (laughs) Keeping the bike aside, when Agnes, she makes some joke, I can't remember what, she does make some joke and she gives that exaggerated wink and she walks off. There's no laugh track. Right. All this time. All this time, we've had laugh tracks, even at certain points that were not quite laugh tracky, like when the doc was saying small town can't escape. That wasn't a joke, the way he said it. Mm -hmm. But in this particular moment, no laugh track, despite the fact that it was an intentional joke. Where Where did the audience disappear to? That's an excellent point. So Vision heads back into the house and we see Wanda standing over the babies. And I literally on my couch said out loud, oh, Wanda, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah, I was worried. And Vision was quite freaked out, too. Yeah. For me, this was the scariest moment of the episode. Agreed. Because that's not the Wanda we've known for the past three episodes anymore. No. So who is she? That's the Wanda we knew. Yeah. So who who is this Wanda now that has come through? Yeah. Is this a real Wanda that we're seeing? I don't think so. This Wanda was creepy and she scared me. (laughs) Well, if this is the real Wanda coming out, we're in for a treat because Elizabeth Olsen is playing her fantastically. She sure is. So the last thing we see here is... Is 
the aspect ratio changes. Oh my God. My husband called it. We were watching this together yesterday and he said to me, I bet Amy's going to talk about the aspect ratios. And I said, I am not taking so well. He does. I said, I am not (laughs) taking that bet. So all this time we've had a square-ish four by three aspect ratio. Okay, so older sitcoms like from the 50s onwards till probably late 90s, early 2000s, the aspect ratio of television was four by three. And later on in the early 2000s, things moved to widescreen of 16 by nine. And movies have a 21 by nine ratio. So basically four by three, you have the square image and on your TV, you will have black bars on the left, left and the right. Whereas for a movie, you notice you have black bars on the top and the bottom. So here the aspect ratio has changed from four by three, the classic TV size to movie size of 21 by nine. That signifies reality. Whereas the four by three signifies sitcom land like Wonderland. Did I lose you? I don't know where it's going. I don't know what it means. I think that is a major factor of real versus Wonderland. Oh, I see. I see what you mean now. I get it. I thought, okay, I get it. Yep. You do? Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant the rest of the episodes would be in that aspect ratio, but no, you mean when we see Geraldine get outside the bubble. I gotcha. Correct. Correct. The aspect ratio will change in the moving episodes based on whatever the sitcom ratios are at that time versus when we get into the letterboxed top and bottom black bars, that is signifying the outside world. Okay. Makes sense. The real world. Makes sense. Yeah, so we see Geraldine, I'm going to say propelled through this by some force, because I don't want to make the assumption that Wanda literally, like, with her powers, threw her out of it. I don't want to make that assumption. I'm sticking with yeeted. <laughs> it, it, it just, it feels so right. She was yeeted out. So I didn't say this in the last episode purposely, because I didn't want to jinx it. So this reminded me very much of Stephen King's Under the Dome. Yes. Now, the reason I say I didn't want to jinx it is because um, Mr. King has a history of difficulty with ending his books, so much so that I've thrown a couple at the wall uh, before I got my Kindle. Personally, I have not read the book, but I I saw the first season of the show and it got a bit crazy. I don't know how the books are. Overall, I'm not a fan of Stephen King, so I I decided to stay away. But I'm aware of the concept. Okay. And I agree. It makes sense. Yeah. And even when we see the overall picture, we do see those floodlights. Uh Uh-huh. And this sort of force field. It does seem very dome-ish. Yeah. Now, the reason I said I didn't want to jinx it is because that book, it was just one book. I don't know how much the TV show changed it. I didn't watch it. The book ended with a surprise aliens which really pissed me off. I don't know what happened. I saw the first season and it got stupid. The difference here is that that dome was impenetrable. They had to, in the book, 
you could not get through it. In fact, when the dome got created, right. anybody who was in the path of it, like planes, people's limbs just got cut, cut in cut. half. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. So this dome is different. This is a, I'm going to jump back to the ninth grade biology that just popped into my head. This is a permeable membrane. That's what I'm, I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm thinking more of a force field. Well, it may be selectively permeable. We don't know. But this True. is what you said about the floodlights. That is what makes me think that this is not sword outside of it. This huge, like, militant presence we have out there. I don't think it's sword. Why not? Two reasons. One, and I know you have reasons against this, but the way nobody goes to get Monica right away, the way there seems to be no concern about her and they're just like lighting her up says to me like extreme caution suspicion nobody's like worried about her number two is those floodlights those floodlights seem to me like they're the things possibly creating this force field so what if that's hydra out there making sure the force field stays in place and i also didn't see this i know it was dark but we didn't see the sword logo on anything when we've seen it a whole bunch of times. Correct. We did see the sword logo. Agree on that. As for nobody being concerned about Monica, it could be confusion. We just She literally just fell onto the ground. There has to be a certain amount of caution when you see someone coming out or something like that, something that's unknown. They don't know whether she knows who she is or she still thinks that she's whatever character she's supposed to be in Wonderland. Possibly. And she's still wearing the 70s costume that in itself is out of place. Yeah. Hydra, what do you think about Hydra? What would they gain by keeping Wanda in that place? That's the whole crux of the show. Hmm. Now, I think it's also important to note that whoever it is that's camped out here, they've been there a while because it takes time to get all of that kind of stuff. That's an encampment, basically. It takes time to get that in place. They're mobilized. I, in fact, I wanted you to look at the scene where we see the real world Westview board. Welcome to Westview. Mm -hmm. There are certain logos underneath there they look kind of military-esque to me. Could you take a look at that? Oh, God, those do look like military logo. Wait a second. Oh, my God. Okay. Hold <laughs> you, She just, people, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She just added another 10 minutes onto this episode. All right. Eagle Club, is that supposed to be the Eye of Agamotto? Or the All-Seeing Eye? Yeah, that eye has got me very interested. And the Eagle Club, oh, that also looks very much like an Air Force logo, I would know. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we have and another... what's the one with the fire, the torch, and the, you know, like the Olympic torch? And the other one with the hand on it, that kind of reminds me of the arc reactor? Which arc reactor? Tony's original core? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a circle in a circle, but what's the hand? I don't think it's the arc reactor. 
Oh God, the but hand. But then what the fuck do I know? The hand makes me think of the X-Files and the hand that we would see in the opening credits. Oh God, where am I going? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I have I have no idea what any of this means. Not a clue. But it does look military-esque or some something, of them, right? Some of them do, but... Oh God. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Somebody out there who is more familiar with these symbols, if they do mean anything, please tweet us. Let us know. So, okay. yeah, is this a is this a base? Is this you mentioned in the previous episode about New Jersey and Camp Lehigh? Correct. In New Jersey, is this is Westview another camp that they've set up? And Wanda's gone crazy over there. Or have they moved her there? What if they're running a simulation that they lost control of? What if they were using, and I don't know who they is, by the way. We're just going to say they. (laughs) What if they are using Wanda as a guinea pig for some kind of an experiment, but they didn't realize just how powerful she was, and now she's hijacked it? Then why is, we presume, Jimmy Woo telling her who is doing this to you Uh, uh, (laughs) even my cat is crying outside the door right now she knows mommy's in distress and she's trying to save me (laughs) unless the people were inside this force field trying to experiment with Wanda and she took it over and the people outside are sword trying to get access back to this military establishment and that's why they're trying to contact Wanda and they assume that perhaps Hydra or someone else has taken over and they don't realize that she has taken reverse taken control okay okay Hydra infiltration yeah okay I could go with that okay you know I am trying very desperately to make sense don't poke more holes and don't give me more questions, okay? <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all I've got. My notes are finished. I got nothing else, I promise. While all these ideas keep bouncing around in our heads, we want to give some shout outs here to some people on Twitter this week. At, I'm going to say, Shibutz. That's at, <laughs> at SHBTZ. Thank you so much for agreeing with our ideas about Mr. Hart. As you can see, we desperately need the validation. Vanessa Veramontes and at I Cannot Justify. Thanks so much for all the love that you gave us on last week's episode. Stephen Johnson at Sven J. Let us know if you still think Agnes is Mephisto after episode three here. Whereas we're still leaning towards Ralph. Well, at least I am. I don't know where I'm leaning. I'm kind of going like a pendulum up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> at Red Avenger 6. Thank you for chatting with us about all our theories. And I'm sure we have a lot more to discuss this week because everything that we spoke about has gotten flushed down the toilet and we're losing our minds. Jason Byrne. My husband thought I was nuts for thinking that Vision's co-worker Phil looks like David Schwimmer. Thank you for backing me up on that and providing social proof. You can count me on that as well. Yes, my husband can't help it, though. He is face blind. <laughs> Shahid Chaudhry. Interesting idea about Baron Von Strucker. Let us know if you've changed your mind after episode three. And last but certainly not least, we have 
friend of the show, Mary Murphy of the Save Daredevil team and the Talk Daredevil podcast. Mary rose to our challenge for the little Mephisto contest we had. I challenged someone to come up with the best insane Charlie Day type equation that they could come with, that they could find for 666 being mentioned on the show. Okay, Mary, I hope I get this right. Here we go. So we saw 23 on the calendar in episode one. Two times three equals six. 2,800 for the house number. Eight minus two plus zero plus zero equals six. The phone number on the for sale sign was 732-555-0125. If you bracket seven plus three plus two minus bracketed five plus five plus five plus zero plus bracketed five times two minus one equals six, you get six, six, six. Oh my God. (laughs) Mary, if you were the one to actually do the math on that, power to you. If not, then props to whoever did they definitely have greater mathematical skill than I do. And the brain power to come up with that because, oh my God. Yeah, I'm basically Wanda right now. I'm out of juice. <laughs> that was too much. And at the same time, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This show is just brilliant. And, you know, you gave me more to think about. <laughs> and, you know, I do, I do just. I have to say this one thing. By and large, the reviews of the show are fantastic. And, you know, we're spending a lot of time on Twitter engaging with people. And I do have to just let this out a little bit. I totally respect the fact that people aren't into this because they're just not into the whole sitcom thing, but they can still appreciate the concept and they're in it for the, the connections to the MCU. However, with the people out there who are saying, this is trash. It's boring. It's garbage. Please put down the Cheetos. I can't hear the TV over your noise. Okay? <laughs> Enough. Go back down to the basement, lock yourself in, and leave the rest of us alone. Well, to be fair, I'm not familiar with a lot of the sitcoms that they are that the show's referencing. And I'm generally not of a not a fan of sitcoms overall. But I am definitely here for the MCU connections. And it is absolutely fun. It is funny. It is creepy. It is entertaining. And I am losing my mind and I'm loving every moment of it. (laughs) So to all the other people who are talking about it's trash, either you don't want to use your brains or you're just trying to be too cool for school. So in either case, fuck off. Agreed. So, people, we've shared all of our theories with you, all of the details we've seen. If we missed something, which I have no doubt we did, if we're overlooking something, if you've got a different theory, please let us know. We absolutely want to hear it. We're desperate. Please. Yes, yes, please give me some answers. My co-host is useless. She's only adding questions. (laughs) On that note, please, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Marvel Madams. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today for an episode of a TV show that's about three times as long as the episode itself. I'm Madam Chris. (laughs) And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for our discussion of WandaVision episode four. If I'm still alive yet. God help us. If you enjoy listening to us, sign up on our website to get an exclusive behind-the-scenes episode. 
And every two weeks, we'll send you bonus content that we save just for our VIPs. Visit themarvelousmanums.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. You know, by the end of it, I think we will have this entire series memorized. I want an honorary frame PhD. by frame. I want an honorary PhD from somebody. Let's get on to it. Marvel, <laughs> start giving out some doctorates, please. <laughs>